Good morning, Alan. Happy New Year to you and your listeners. We have a number of issues to discuss with you and we'll conclude, of course, by asking you for your priorities for 2023. We'll be speaking to all our Oireachtas members about this over the coming days. But first of all, just referring back to what we've heard there from Ambulance Officer Ger Carty, and we will be linking in with the uh, Director of Emergency Medicine at Wexford General Hospital shortly after 11, uh, Dr Paul Kelly, who is going to take time out from his busy schedule to talk to us. Um, what's your understanding of the crisis we now find yourself in, Minister, health-wise? It's a very challenging situation for all of the frontline medical staff who are dealing with it. We are seeing a kind of almost perfect storm with the RSV, with the flu, and with the COVID three. Um, three diseases, if you like, that are affecting the general population all at the one time and people are getting quite sick and I think we all uh, know people who have been quite sick over Christmas and I think what we're seeing as well, certainly anecdotally, people getting repeat sicknesses, if you like, they're, they're getting sick, getting better and getting sick again and it's very, very challenging and, and uh, you know, my, my um, I have to say, I just acknowledge what the frontline staff are doing over extremely difficult and challenging period over Christmas. And mm. in Wexford General Hospital, as you know, during COVID, we got an extension to the emergency department there, which is uh, hugely important. The major extension to the hospital, it's, it's valued at about a hundred million euro extension for the new 96 bed ward. That's now gone to an advanced a detailed design stage that I was speaking with the hospital manager only just before Christmas in relation to that, uh, as as is the new MRI also going to a detailed design stage as well. But obviously they take time to build. Um, it's something that was promised previously by the HSC but wasn't delivered, but I'm, I'm glad to see now that it is finally being delivered. Um, but look, it's, it's a very challenging situation, and we know similarly with the GP situation, this has been going, ongoing now for a long time, and I've spoken with Minister Stephen Donnelly about that, and he's determined to get, get a handle on the situation. I think we need to see an increase in the number of training positions, and we need to see, I, I think, address the reasons why a lot of medical professionals are not going into the GP sector, because it is really become an acute situation, not just in Wexford, but right across the country. Okay, the fast-tracking suggested there by Councillor Carty, and again, as I said, he's ambulance officer as well, and he referred there to how the A&E department was developed and the maternity developed as well very, very quickly. Is there any way that the 96-bed unit could be fast-tracked, as referred to there by by Councillor Carty? Well, it is, I suppose, being done now as quickly as possible. I think the challenge was that it simply didn't advance there for an awful long time, and that was the situation with it. And look, we're certainly keeping the pressure on the HSC to deliver this now as quickly as possible. As I say, it's, it's moved quickly now in the last 12 months from getting onto the HSC capital plan, moving to getting the design team appointed. They're now at a detailed design phase, and we get that done as quickly as can be done under under the under the law. And as regards the chronic lack of GPs, and we're asking our listeners to text in just how long they've had to wait. Like I have an Enniscorthy listener called an ambulance at 12.50pm last weekend for her husband who was uh, having heart distress and the ambulance arrived at 8.40am the next morning. I mean, this is absolutely scandalous, the Minister. This can't be... And this is not the fault of the health services. This really, I suppose, is falling back on the, the, the powers that be to address this issue. I mean, this is in your own district. This is not what, something you'd like to hear on a, on a Tuesday morning, is it? No, absolutely not. And it's, it's what is happening, as you say, when there's a shortage of GPs, uh, when people can't access care um, at the lowest and closest level possible, it starts to move up the um, 
chain of support, if you like, and then ends up being paramedics and then into emergency department when, where possible, you want that healthcare situation dealt with as locally um, and as close to the patient as possible. I think the ambulance services is doing a really a good job in, in the best situation that they can. I think I was up in the National Ambulance Service headquarters just before Christmas to see yeah. how the system was working nationally. But it's, it's something that has been kept under review because I think yeah. the paramedics themselves are absolutely exhausted. And I think how the system works needs to be reviewed. And I the National Ambulance Service are doing that at the moment, so they are. Yeah, just before I move away from health issues, just going back to that comment I've read out there, ambulance called at 12.50pm last weekend, uh, husband having heart failure, ambulance arrived at 8.40am the next morning. I mean, lives are going to be lost in situations like this. Uh, how, how serious is this government going to take this issue? But it's been treated uh, very seriously and as I say, I was up at the National Ambulance Service and seeing firsthand how they triage very serious situations such as that. It can be a case of uh, ambulances are being sent in all sorts of different directions and as I say, the whole system I think needs to be reviewed and that's what is happening at the moment. We have a... uh, you know, a number of new ambulances provided for in-county Wexford, but I think you know, getting retaining and employing additional paramedics, additional ambulances, upgrading our ambulance ba- ba- bases as is happening, um, yeah. you know, all needs to happen. So, we, so it does. But it's it's a very challenging situation. But certainly at this time of the year, it gets extremely challenging because of the demands. But I think, look, there has been an underinvestment for a long time. There is significant investment now going into healthcare. I think Minister Stephen Donnelly, with this launch of care plan, I was a member of that committee that came up with that plan. That is making changes. That is making a difference, but it is as it has been rolled out, but we need to see it being rolled out, I think, as quickly as possible so that care is provided to people as locally as possible. I think there's a, there's a role here for ensuring our hospitals are kept for emergency situations and chronic situations that are, you know, our GPs are doing everything that they can and being provided with the support that they need. And our pharmacies as well. I think anybody in a pharmacy over Christmas period will see how busy they are and they can provide huge amount of support as well so they can. So I think, look, our healthcare providers on the ground are doing their very best situation, but it's been an ongoing challenging situation in this country for for decades. But I do think Sancha Care that is now being rolled out um, will change the situation. We've seen a brand new primary care centre in Enscorty Town, for example. We're now expecting to go to planning early in the new year for the new diagnostic community care centre that will also be based in an Enscorty Town, another major investment in healthcare. And all of these will have to take the pressure off our hospitals. But unfortunately, until all these buildings are built and they are being built at the moment, uh, you know, we're going to go through a period where the you know, we're, we're kind of stuck with the current system until we get this new system fully operational. Okay, let's move on to other issues. We will, as I said, link in with Dr. Paul Kelly from Wexford General Hospital shortly after 11. Uh, we want to look at some positives for, for 2023 as well to try and get people into a positive frame of mind. Social protection increases, they've now come into play. Changes include improvements of supports for pensioners, carers, people with disabilities and low-income families. What's happening? 
Yeah, so we're seeing, obviously, look, we're seeing significant increases in social protection supports for people, um, you know, that's our old age pensioners, people on disabilities and, and people on job support schemes as well. And these are absolutely essential. And what we're seeing supports in terms of long term increases, but also to deal with the cost of living crisis, you know, we very much acknowledge the, the significant increases that we've seen across the board as a result of inflation, which has been caused by the Russia invasion of Ukraine and the logistic problems. Um, you know, we're trying to, I suppose, ease the, 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 the pain of that as much as possible to help people, I suppose, in a very difficult financial situation that we are seeing coming into the new year. I mean, the economy has been run extremely well, and as a result of that, and as a result of decisions by the government in terms of getting that economy going and keeping businesses open during COVID, that we have seen now that we have the finance to help people as much as possible. And, mm. you know, we effectively came close to emptying the, the government's bank accounts in terms of providing as much financial support out there as possible. And the last budget was over 11 billion euros. And I've no doubt, look, additional supports will be put out there coming into right. this spring as well. Okay, and the early learning and childcare costs from today, there's, a, there's an update on that for us. What's happening, please? <laughs> This is really positive news around childcare. I've always been of the view, and, and as an opposition TD, I lobbied the then government very hard to, to get improvements to a childcare system. You know, we have really good third level, second level, uh, and primary care run by the state, but in childcare, Excellent providers, brilliant staff, but it was a very ad hoc, ad hoc system that we had out there. And it was, so what we've done now is trying to create, I think, similar, something similar to the Nordic system where you would have childcare available where you need it at, uh, at, an, at an affordable price. So we've seen a significant increase in the funding. Um, you, what parents would be receiving this month as notice from their childcare providers of a significant increase in the subsidies, so that means a decrease in the cost for parents and we receive from this week a 25% cost on average of €1,200 reduction for each child that is in childcare and expect further reductions next year again. So, yeah. And all of this uh, while also helping to, pro- to support the providers as well. Our aim in this, the lifetime of this government is to create a childcare system that benefits the parents, the children, the, the childcare workers and the providers and have, a, I think, a really uh, fair system of childcare that we haven't had for a long time. And I think what's happening in childcare will be quite revolutionary by the time we get to the end. Uh, uh, the, the, the spending is now over €1 billion Euros in childcare, which is five years ahead of the target for we want it to be. So I think it shows the kind of the level of focus on our childcare system that's been put into place by this government. Before I ask you for your predictions for 2023, my final comment or question is revolving around around the festive period. There have been many violent incidents, as Minister stated at the Department of Justice, it must be a major concern to you. I know you're meeting the Minister now temporarily taking up uh, the role as uh, Senior Minister in Justice. Uh, that's Minister Simon Harris, who also has a portfolio for higher education. Is this concerning you? There are also concerns about more attacks on members of Angara Shikana. What's going to be done to address the, the, these worrying concerns, particularly what's evolved in this country of ours over the last uh, 48 hours? No, absolutely. Any attack on our members of Angarda Shia Khan is quite frankly outrageous and deserves to be condemned. I'm here in the Department of Justice today. It's unfortunate why I couldn't be in the studio with yourself of a number of meetings, including with Minister Simon Harris, who's stepping in to cover for Minister Helen McEntee while she's on maternity leave to see what additional supports we can provide. What we are doing 
With our Garda Shia Khan, there'll be an additional 1,000 Garda recruited this year. It had to be paused temporarily due to COVID, but we will see those Garda um, recruited this year. Now already commenced just before Christmas, so it did. Uh, we're also rolling out legislation in terms of body cams. I think the Garda need to have these body cams. We often see them on, uh, in particular, on um, anybody who watches American uh, Police TV shows will always see um, cops over there have the body cams on them. Their cameras that sit on the guardie chest. So we get this legislation passed so that will protect the guardie, I think, as well in terms of having a recording of the incidents that they're dealing with. But I think any attacks on, on or any of our frontline services is, is simply outrageous. It is simply unacceptable. But I do think the additional guardie, as they're rolled out, will help provide additional support to the guardie on the ground as they're de- deployed. And I was, look, I was glad myself to go into the Justice, Justice Committee just before Christmas to get approval for additional support for Garda cars as well and, and Garda vehicles for the to be rolled out across the country. So we're seeing an increase, as I say, in the numbers of Garda over the coming year, but uh, these attacks we've seen recently on Garda Shia Corner are, are simply absolutely outrageous, so they are, and the Garda uh, have our, our full support. Have to conclude our conversation with you this morning. Your priorities for 2023 are, I suppose, they could be local and national and international if, if needs be. What are they? Well, certainly in, is in terms of the Department of Justice to see those Gardaí in training and rolled out and deployed across the country. Also within my own remit, that gambling legislation allows just before Christmas to get that passed by the uh, end of the summer so we can have uh, those protections in place. We, we haven't had reform of gambling laws since the 1950s and it's it, they're urgently needed. In terms of Wexford itself, look, uh, what we want to see is a number of key areas, projects advanced for the county. Uh, we want to see early now in the new year the turning of the sod on the major investment in Rossier Europort, the €150 million Euro investment there by the government we want to see that CPO for the lands for the new uh, the new uh, Southeast uh, Technology University site uh, in Wexford completed and moving to the design for that new units there. And we want to see um, advancements for the extension for Wexford General Hospital. And the, uh, within my own town in Enniscorthy, we have the new primary care centre, but I want to see the planning going in for the new community uh, care and diagnostic building. And of course, we've had trouble with water in Enniscorthy, but we're now moving to tender for a major new expansion of water services in Enniscorthy. We're working on that now for the last 18 months. New Ross has seen a new fire station, but I expect to see significant advancements in terms of provision of a new ambulance station, a primary care centre in New Ross. And, of course, in Wexford Town, also Mara, the new marine uh, authority, this new state agency for the sea. We have the EPA in Johnstown Castle. Mara will be a similar authority for the sea, and that will provide significant jobs for Wexford Town. And right across Wexford, my determination this year is to see the IDA provide jobs for County Wexford. We've seen it uh, finally, uh, the IDA paying attention to County Wexford. There's been an increase in the number of visits, but I want to see the IDA now start to deliver on jobs for the County of Wexford. They've been, I think, leaving Wexford behind for way too long and it's unacceptable for it to continue any further.